You are listening to the Life Church Podcast. To learn more about Life Church, our gathering times at any of our central Indiana locations, or our Life Crew online, visit us at lifechurchin.com or follow the link in the description. Today's talk is from Pastor Tina Avey. Good morning, Eagle Creek family. Good to see you. Do any of you find yourselves, like, every time that video ends, I'm like, dadgum. Like, I just feel like it's a thing. Good to see you. Um, If we haven't met, my name is Tina Pavey. I'm the Next Gen Director, so that means I work with the Next Gen Pastors at each of our four campuses. So I have the honor of working with Pastor Danya, Pastor Marilyn at Noblesville, Pastor Jamie at Fishers, and Pastor James at Pendleton. Um, And so it's my honor to be with you guys today and get to hang out. You are all my family. Um, And so thank you for for being here this morning. I'm excited to bring this word to you. Last week we had um, our combined motion night for student life. I don't know if you know what those are, but we get all of our students together, usually up at the Noblesville campus, and we do it that way because we have kids come from Pendleton too. So from Pendleton to here and here to Pendleton is quite a drive, so Noblesville's kind of like that sweet spot. Um, So we had that last Wednesday. And you guys, it was so much fun. I think you guys brought two vans full of students. um, And we had 68 kids present, plus our volunteers. So we had, you know, we were pushing 90 to 100 people total by the time it was done. And we did a carnival back to school. So they had corn dogs and nachos with fake cheese, which is so my jam. I don't know what it is about fake cheese. I'm not exactly sure what's in it but I'm pretty sure it will be at the banquet in heaven. And, um, and then uh, we had popcorn. At, actually, there is a, a karate school around the corner from the church, and Sensei Jeff said, how can I serve your students? So he served them all popcorn and like cotton candy, like the legit, he had the big cotton candy thing. And they got a word from Pastor James, live worship. And it was just an amazing, an amazing night. And I share that with you because a question was asked, well, is that because some of them went to camp? Is that what caused them to want to be together? I said, no, I don't think so. We've been doing these motion nights for at least a year, and we've been getting these kids together once a month, um, every month. And so they're getting familiar with each other, and they're enjoying that time of being in a bigger group and live worship, and it's doing life together. And so the other three weeks of the month, they're in a small group session at every campus, and and they get to chat about theology, about scripture, and about how it fits in with life, and what's going on in the world. And, And so this is our life groups for our students, right? This is what we do. And I'd share that with you because I do encourage you to get involved in life groups. And let me tell you why. And you know what? I'm just going to take the word life group and just put it over here. Because the, the ty- that's a title of, of something, but you need each other. I came to Life Church almost 20 years ago. That hurt me a little to say that out loud. <laughs> I'm okay. It'll be fine. Um, But it's been about 20 years since we've been here, and one of the first things I did is I joined this Bible study with these women. My son, who's getting ready to turn 20, was in his little baby car seat. And we were in this Bible study, and this woman is now like my best friend for life, was in there, and she said, 
you know, we should get together. We're like, yeah, let's get coffee or whatever. And I said, well, why don't you come to my house because I have him and it will be easier for us to chat and all of that. And she came over and we had this moment and she just said, could we be friends? I just, I need a friend. And at that point, we had just left the church, and I'm like, you know what? I need a friend, too. And just so happens, our girls were in the same grade at the same school, and so that friendship blossomed with us and our daughters, and they graduated together. They're both getting ready to have a baby a month apart from each other. Um, This is what those are. It's family. And I, I just say that because when you hear life groups and it feels structured and signups and all of that, like get beyond that in your mind to connect with people because we need friends, we need family. And that can't happen when we're sitting in rows and passing each other in the hallway. And so that's my personal push because being here 20 years happened because of the relationships I've had here. And so I just encourage you to really um, Take that chance, maybe get a smidge uncomfortable for a second, make yourself vulnerable and be willing to say, I need some friends and I need some family. So that's my life church plug because I think it's that important. Um, But we are going to talk about evangelism. Um, And I'm going to encourage you for just a minute to think about, I listened to Pastor Mike's message with you guys last week and he talked about your origin story. Now, Pastor Mike and I have one thing in common. I, too, am a Marvel geek. Um, I say that as a term of endearment, Pastor Mike. Geek is a good thing. Um, Now, I do draw a line with some of the new ones. Not so happy. Um, But where Pastor Mike and I diverge is the Lord of the Rings thing. I can't... I'm trying... I've been forced, actually, to watch those. And um, it's... I'm not quite there, but Marvel I can get on board with. But the origin story is a big thing, right? How did you get here? And I wish I had the time. I would love to hear your story and your story. I, like, I want to know how did you get here? Because those stories are fascinating. Those are real life. Another thing that happens in life groups, right, is you get to share each other's stories. So since I have a captive audience, I'm going to tell you a little bit of my origin story. Uh, I grew up my life pretty much as an unbeliever. I mean, I knew, like, there was a God, and if you asked me, I'd have said, oh, yeah, 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 I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. I went to Sunday school a few times when I was little. As soon as I was old enough to protest, you know, it just wasn't a thing in our house, so I didn't have to go. So I went through high school and college and um, got married, and all of that was apart from the Lord. And then um, I had a lot of brokenness in my family. As a matter of fact, one time I was at a church and I experienced the judgmental Christianity. Anyone? Um, I was in a VBS. I was the child. I wasn't running it for a change. And uh, I was at a VBS, and I, I might have told this story here, but they had a willow tree, and my grandparents had those. And so I ran, and I, I went to swing. On the, you know, as a kid, it's like, well, you have to, like, swing. That's what God put it there for. Well, the branch came down, and the VBS, my my, uh, teacher yelled at me and told me God made that tree, and I had broken it. And that has taken me a lifetime to overcome. So, side note, what we say to kids and how we direct them in church matters a lot. 
right? But um, so I had to I had to overcome some things of my experience in church and with people and. Um, so I, I met my husband, Troy, after college, uh, my first job. My favorite way to tell the story is we met in a psychiatric hospital, which is totally true. Um, we both were on staff. We got married, and we had our first child, our daughter, and we thought, we should take her to church. We he wasn't really walking in his belief either. We just thought we want her to have a better life. And so we thought we would do that. Little did we know God was taking us on this whole journey to meet him. And so the Lord, um, it, we had a, a job loss of Troy's that moved us two hours away from our family. And I stayed at home with our daughter, and there's a knock on the door. And we didn't have neighbors. We moved to Wabash, Indiana. If you've ever been there, like, it's very sparse, or at least it was when we lived there. And the neighbor lived like a mile down a gravel road. And um, she stopped by, and she had this paper plate full of Kroger brand brownies. I didn't know they were Kroger brand until she told me. And they had a piece of foil over the top with an invitation to a Bible study. I didn't know anything about the Bible. I didn't know what one Peter meant. Honestly, I said, what's one Peter? And it's like, oh, okay, it's first Peter. So, so I had a lot to learn, but I went because I didn't have people, and um, I needed friends. And so we went through the book of first Peter together, which ladies, first Peter chapter three will give you a run for your money. Um, the Lord really intervenes on that one. Um, but the Lord told me later in life, you know, I, I was really regretful moving far away from my family, um, but he said, you never would have come to me as long as you had your mom to go to not powerful, and it made me think about the disruptions in our life that feel unwelcome, job losses, moving, family members changing. We don't know what God's doing, but all I know is Tammy Unger got in her van, brought me some brownies, and the Lord changed my life forever. She didn't have to do it. She didn't change my life. She just invited me, and God took care of the rest. And so as we talk about evangelism and we talk about, can we just get back to people? You know, there's lots of ways and hows and, and steps and all of those things, but isn't it just about loving people? And as ambassadors of the king, isn't that what we're supposed to do? Can I just give you some brownies? Why don't you just come and hang out with me at this Bible study? They provided childcare for my child only so I could come. It was amazing. Okay. Anyway, so that's kind of my origin story. And, um, you know, I just think about evangelism. It doesn't have to be complicated. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to pretend to have all the answers. You just need to love people. Um, but why do we have to do it? And there's a lot of reasons why. And I would say not only are there many reasons why, but we're at a time in history where we should have some urgency. There's some urgency we should have about sharing our faith and, and drawing people to the Lord. Um, the first reason we should share is because we're called. It's as simple as that. God has called us all. Go and tell. In Matthew 5, 13 through 16, this is the message version, but listen to what it says. It says, let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt and seasoning that brings out the God flavors in this earth. Isn't that a cool way to say that? 
Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm gonna hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. And now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house, be generous with your lives, and by opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Now, if you had a cure for a devastating disease, my guess is, like if you all of a sudden, you had this eureka moment and you figured out how to cure cancer or Parkinson's disease, my guess is you wouldn't sit on that. My guess is you'd be telling people, oh, have you done, like this really works. Like, like this, this new discovery, it really is the thing. Like this is the way to go. You would tell them and you wouldn't apologize for it, right? Yet here we are. God has given us a responsibility to take what he's done, and he's given us a responsibility to go and tell. Those cures matter. If you've ever watched someone with Parkinson's, that is a devastating, devastating thing to watch. Any, any disease that deteriorates the body the way Parkinson's does, right? So I just encourage you to, if you have, when you know, you have to tell. The second reasons we have to share our faith is because people need the Lord. This gets tricky because they don't understand they need the Lord. And that's where we get caught up. We know they need the Lord. God knows they need him. They sometimes not so much. And so this is where we can get tripped up, intimidated, all of that. But there's, it, it feels tricky, but the truth is that people need a reason to hope. Right? Think about the things you go through in life. They experience life completely different. I know this. I used to not be a believer until I was 30. Right? So when you're dealing with things like job loss, grief, financial stress, marriage problems, family division, parenting alone, <laughs> all of this is compounded when you don't have a source of hope. Because the only thing you're left with is to hope on man's reasoning. And that's not gonna, we all know, right? Like that's not gonna play out very well. Um, Hebrews 11 says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Hope is a feeling of expectation. It's a desire. Things are gonna come. There's going to be something that's going to be better. That's what hope feels like. But if you don't have a hope in a promise that comes from an omnipotent, amazing, all-powerful God, where is it coming from? Science? People? Logic? All of those things are gonna fade away. Our hope is in the one true living God. In John 3, 17 through 18, again, I'm reading from the message. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help to put the world right again, and anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust him has long, has long since been under the death sentence without knowing it. And why? Because that person's failure to believe in the one-of-a-kind Son of God when introduced to him. See, there's more at stake than just satisfaction in life. 
There's more at stake than your peace on this earth. There's more at stake than having joy and unity in your family. There is more at stake than anything that this world has to offer. And we don't always talk about it a whole lot, but we're gonna. Pastor Mike mentioned last week, he mentioned Penn Julian, Penn and Teller. Okay, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know why these guys are famous. I don't understand. They're like magicians, entertainers. I don't know. But for some reason, they're a big deal or were because they started in the 70s. I don't, anyway, so Penn, is it Julian? Julianne? Ju, Ju, Penn? Anyway, so one of the guys, Penn, um, he's a proclaimed atheist, unapologetic about it, but he says something that's really, really profound. And he said, when he has a show, like when you go to concerts and stuff, sometimes you'll see people out proselytizing, trying to convince people about the kingdom of God, sharing their faith. And a lot of people get really upset about it, but he is an atheist, doesn't mind it, and thinks it's good. And so let's listen to why. We have a little video clip here of his own words. don't respect people who don't proselytize. I don't respect that at all. If you believe that there's a heaven and hell and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life or whatever, and you think that, uh, well, it's not really worth telling them this because it would make it socially awkward. And atheists who think that people shouldn't proselytize, just leave me alone, keep your religion to yourself. Uh, how much do you have to hate somebody to not proselytize? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe that everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? I mean, if I believed beyond a shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe it, that that truck was bearing down on you, there's a certain point where I tackle you. And this is more important than that. And I've always said, so, you know, that I... As an atheist, he's saying, if you believe this, if you believe what this says, how much do you have to hate somebody not to tell them? Because eternity's real, and your, your immortal soul will go on. Where it goes is this. You know, and, and I loved his example, and I, I pray one day that he gets a grip and understands how much God has used him. As an atheist, the irony that this man is speaking the truth while denying the one true living God, like God is incredible, it's amazing, and what a sense of humor. Come again? Yeah, oh, thanks Mike, really? There's an inside joke about donkeys, and now I have to tell it because it's out there, so you guys know Pastor Nathan, of course. Well, the very first time I got to preach at Life Church, my very first time preaching ever, my family's there, my family's there from Chicago, like it's a big deal. And he gets up and he's like, I'm gonna introduce to you Pastor Tina. She's gonna bring the message. And he said, you know, my mom always said, if God can use a donkey, he can use a woman. That's not what he didn't add the man part. He just said woman. 
And um, we have a good laugh about that. Of course, he's referring to scripture and blames donkey. And as a matter of fact, he credits his mother for saying it. And so it's all good. We are fine. But in that moment, I wanted to shrink or crawl away or have lightning strike him. I don't know. I was, <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, that, so that's why when, when Pastor Mike said he can use an atheist or a donkey, thank you very much. Now that just happened. So, <laughs> all right, so here's the truth. First Thessalonians 4 tells us this. The day is coming that those who, of us who are believers in Christ are gonna be caught up in the air with him. Right? And then Jesus is coming back. Do we believe this? Okay, so listen to these words, Matthew 24, 26 through 27. If anyone tells you there he is out in the wilderness, do not go out. Or here he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as lightning that comes from the east is visible even in the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. I had someone in the grocery store approach me and tell me that they, their church is founded on Jesus who actually is alive and living on the earth right now. I'm like, I came from milk, and now I gotta do this. <laughs> Luke 21, 25 through 28, there will be signs in the sun and moon and stars and on the earth distress of nations and perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and foreboding of what is coming on in the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken and they will see the son of man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father, Matthew 24, 36. No one knows. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour, Matthew 25, 13. Hebrews 9, 28. So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Are you eagerly waiting? Do you have your eyes to the skies? Are you paying attention? And are you sharing with urgency? For behold, Revelation 1, 7, he's coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. Jesus is returning. And oftentimes the topic is glossed over and here's why. It's glossed over because people get caught up in the when and the how. Well, we just learned some of the how. But, but people get caught up in, and there's arguments and studies and the whens and dates and predictions and all of these things. And so sometimes we're like, I don't know. Well, the great news is neither does Jesus. The son doesn't know when he's coming, but he's coming. Do we believe he's coming? Because that's where it stands. Jesus said himself in John 14, I'm going to prepare a place for you. So we know in scripture, unfortunately not everyone is promised eternal life. Do we believe that that's true? Because there is one way, correct? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except me. Amen. 
So we know the way, we have the cure, we understand this is coming, this is happening. People need Jesus, but here's the thing, family, we need to be in his word. And I'm gonna tell you where deception has always been. There is a deception going on on our earth right now that is far beyond. It's getting rampant and it's getting worse and it's gonna be hard for even the elect to discern unless they are in his word. You have got to know what the word says because someone's gonna tell you something and they're gonna tell you it's true. And if you don't know what the word says, you're gonna be inclined to believe it. I'm gonna tell you something and I can't believe I'm gonna say this. (laughs) There are congressional hearings right now happening about extraterrestrial life about, they call them UAPs now, instead of UFOs, they now call them UAPs, uh, unidentified air something. What was it? Thank you, aerial phenomenon. There are people testifying under oath about seeing alien bodies and, and, and craft and I'm like, I can't believe I'm talking about this. But it's happening. It's, re- it's legit happening. But here's the thing, let me tell you. Get in your word, those things are demonic. It's demonic. We battle not against flesh and blood. Flesh, I'm sorry. An alien has flesh. We don't battle against flesh and blood, but powers, principalities, and rulers of the dark. That's who we're battling against. So we have got to be in our word and have an answer for the things that are going on in our culture because people are asking. We have got to engage critical thinking, pulling in the word of God, and not just believing everything you see on the news. I'm gonna encourage you, if you have something to write this down, I want you to write down um, Jack Hibbs and Amir Sarfati. If you've ever heard of those two names, and there, there is a, um, a talk they did called Happening Now. Now, Amir Sarfati is a member of the Israeli Defense Federation, I think is what it's called, the IDF. So it's very credible source. Jack Hibbs is a very credible source. And they talk about some of the deception that's going on. What you're getting in your news, just so you know, there's stuff going on around the world that you're not getting an inkling of. There are things happening between in France and Africa. There are things happening in um, Israel. There are things happening all over the world and you're not gonna hear it on your TV. So get involved, get knowledge, read your word so you can weigh out the truth from the deception. Because we're it, we're the ambassadors. So we have to get busy and we have to do it. Another reason we need to share, we have to talk. Actually, let me give you the scripture first, Matthew 24, 24. Those without the Holy Spirit's help to discern will be deceived. For false Christ, false prophets will arise. They will perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. So you're gonna see signs and wonders. People are gonna be miraculously healed. 
and they're going to give credit to things other than God. Now, in this, this one thing I, I listened to, they're suggesting that we're going to be told you can communicate to these beings through meditation. Brothers and sisters, we have a job to do because people are going to believe that stuff and they're going to get on a one-way track far from God for the rest of eternity. So please, let's engage. Okay, sorry, I wanted to make sure I said that scripture Another reason that we have to share is because we were once lost. We have to go back to our origin story. I don't know about you, but I remember how Jesus changed me. I remember who I was. Glory to God, she's dead. I buried her in baptismal waters. And I'm a new creature made in Christ. But because I have an old her and a new me, I'm responsible to tell. Isn't that the point of baptism, right? You tell. Even if you grew up in the church, and I've heard that story, you know, you grew up in the church and you didn't really live that life, praise God you were kept. And there had to be a moment where you made a decision, this is actually my faith. That comes for all of us. But because of this, we have to see that those who are in our lives that don't proclaim Christ or those that are, come across our path that even oppose Christ, we have to understand, like we said, they are not our enemy. We have to understand they are functioning just like Jesus said on the cross. They don't know what they're doing. They are not who we're battling we don't battle against flesh and blood. They don't know what they're doing. And unfortunately, when you're deceived like that, and that's your source of hope, you will defend it. And that's why we need to partner with the Holy Spirit in how we tell and how we love, because he's the one that changes the heart. It wasn't Tammy Unger who brought me the brownies that changed my heart. She gave me an invitation to be in a place where God could. So we have to see them as God, God wants them home, don't you see that? Those people that are opposing you, that hate you, he says, but they hated me first, and I love them, and I want them to come home to me. So don't worry about what they say. I've not abandoned you to their wrath. I'm trying to save them from mine. So love them, pray for them, pray for your enemies, pray for those who persecute against you. I would say it, when it comes to evangelism and sharing, we have to quit fretting over the how and just start trying. Let's just get to it. Recognize when God gives us moments. Ask for them. God, cross my path with someone who needs you. Give me the words. I do that all the time because I'm going to be honest with you guys. I met Jesus when I was 30. I did not grow up in a Bible-believing home. I did not grow up with the word of God in me and through me and all of those things. And so people are like, oh, you're a pastor. Certainly you have all the answers. I mean, you can still ask me. We can pray and open the word together, but I'm not the source, right? And so there are many conversations. Like as I'm in the middle of the conversation, I'm like, oh, Jesus, help me. 
Help me know what to say. Give me your word because I don't know how to help this person right now. And he's faithful. He'll give you the words. He'll help you. We don't do this on our own strength. Proverbs 16, 9, many are the plans of a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. So we look for divine appointments and be ready for them when they come in unexpectedly, like in airplanes, when you're trying to read because you don't like being in an airplane and you're trying to zone out and listen to your music and just read a book. Unfortunately, you chose a book called Heaven. And so the person next to you says, oh, what are you reading? It's about heaven. Oh, I used to go to church, and there you go. <laughs> right? Those unexpected things, just be ready. Say, yes, Lord, I see you. Okay, that wasn't what I was planning, but I'm on board. Let's do it. The other way we need to do it is by our witness. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to encourage you, and I'm going to wrap this up. Speak life, not death. If we are the representatives of a kingdom of hope, then what are we doing complaining all the time? Why are we acting miserable? Right? And sometimes we need to physically work on it. Like, I can be in a good mood, and my husband will be like, your face is not telling that story. Right? So we need to look at our witness and speak life over people, not death. I had an uncle who was, if I, I really thought, Jesus, there's no way. There's no way. I mean, he, he mocked God. But man, hours before he died, that man accepted Jesus, and peace came over his countenance. So we don't speak death. We don't believe for the final, the final finality is death. Jesus is there at the deathbed, ready to do it. We have to relay the message of hope to a broken world. Corey Ten Boom has an amazing quote. When I enter that beautiful city and the saints all around me appear, I hope that someone will tell me it was you who invited me here. Isn't that sweet? Have you thought about that? Do you think about heaven? Do you think about eternity with God? Probably not very often. You know, we're three, I was telling someone the other day, we're body, spirit, and soul. And our body and our soul get a lot of our attention, but our spirit gets neglected. Do you ponder heaven? Do you ponder seeing Jesus face to face? What that's going to be like and who's going to be there? So get beyond formality. Be a good friend. See where they are. How can that give you an open door? And the challenge is to have an eternal mindset that this isn't all that there is. Jesus is going to return, and how are we going to handle the waiting? You know, there are things you can say. My, my favorite thing when I don't know where someone is with the Lord and, and I'm trying to broach that conversation, maybe I have a little bit of relationship, I'll, I'll say, you know, do you ever give much thought to God? Like, like what, do you, what do you think? Just curious. And right then, you get a baseline. This is what they believe about God. Really, that's interesting. Do you know the Bible actually said he's the God of hope? Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Oh, well, let me look it up. Like, let's look at it together. Let me share with you. It's so simple. It's just being real. 
We don't have to, to be programmed. If I could have the worship team come up and we're gonna give an opportunity to respond. There's a prayer team. Prayer team, if you could come up. Knowing what we know, we cannot delay. We can't delay for the sake of our own soul and we can't delay for the people in our lives that don't know Jesus or the paths that he might cross. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us, share with a friend, and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. Our mission is simple. Come to life, connect to grow, find your purpose, make a difference. Thanks for listening to the Life Church Podcast.